0: another episode of Sweet Valley Online. This week, we're discussing Sweet Valley Twins number 51, Elizabeth the Impossible. I'm Dove, and I'm your only friend. I'm your best friend. I'm here with my not-so-evil twins, Wing and Raven. I'm Wing, and Dove and I became friends because she stalked me for years and
1: years and years, and this is certainly not a cry for help.
2: I'm Raven, and if I don't get my way, I'm going to my trailer.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. In Elizabeth the Impossible, the people in charge of the United States of America are conducting a nationwide search for the best middle school student in the world. We're not told why, but I suspect it's some kind of cloning experiment. Sweet Valley Middle is abuzz with chatter. Who will be chosen? According to Lila, fucking nobody... Because nobody in the world could possibly be kind, friendly, helpful, a great student, have varied interests in both sport and creativity, have a healthy diet and generally be heading towards sainthood before they reach the age of majority. Jessica thinks her twin, Saint Elizabeth, would be perfect and immediately starts a PR campaign for her twin behind her back. New girl slash stalker Pamela MacDonald agrees. She has a terrifying crush on Elizabeth and has taken following Elizabeth around, dressing like her, and blurting out that Elizabeth is literally the best thing since sliced bread. Actually, fuck that. Who needs sandwiches when you have Elizabeth Wakefield? Initially, Elizabeth isn't particularly interested. Not in the model student search or Pamela's adoration of everything Elizabeth but then she overhears her favourite teacher, Mr Bowman, suggesting to Mr Clark that Elizabeth should be nominated. Everything changes. Elizabeth devours the model student handbook, dresses like the dorm mistress of an exclusive girls' boarding school, and, even worse, starts listening to Pamela. Elizabeth quickly moves from offering helpful suggestions to bossing people around and criticising her friends. She starts a new health regimen, changing her diet and exercising every morning, and tries to inflict this on other people. She throws out every delicious thing in the Wakefield house, including the parents' coffee, and even fat shames Janet Howell when she has the audacity to pick up a slice of cheesecake. In only a few days, with the help of manipulative Pamela McDonald, Elizabeth has changed her looks, her personality, her friends, and has become completely horrible. Jessica realises that if... Elizabeth loses the nomination she's counting on so hard, it may snap her back to the old Elizabeth that everyone but me loves. She launches another campaign, this time lobbying for Todd Wilkins as the model student. Around the same time, Elizabeth finds herself outside Mr Bowman's office again and eavesdrops as they discuss the nominees for model student. While she's leaning against the door, Mr Clark opens it and she falls into the room. Hardly model student behaviour. She's given detention for a week and is actually relieved because she doesn't particularly like who she has become. She breaks off her friendship with Pamela, who is aghast that St. Wakefield is on detention for eavesdropping. She spends the next few days apologising to her friends and is delighted when Jessica sheepishly confesses that she was lobbying for Todd. Everything is back to normal in time for the announcement for the model student. And it's Todd Wilkins! And Elizabeth Wakefield, because, you know, Wakefields always win.
2: Yay. Boo. Marvelous. So
1: my favorite thing about your Richard recap is this uh, abusive relationship setup that you talk about. Would you start there?
0: Yeah, it's basically Fifty Shades of Grey, because... Basically, Pamela rocks up, decides that she adores Elizabeth, starts dressing like her, insinuates herself into Elizabeth's life, and then starts manipulating her. And uh, first of all, starts off just fawning all over her. And then somehow she encourages Liz to alienate her friends. She suggests that Liz change the way she looks. And when her friends sort of go, you look shit... Elizabeth goes, Oh, nobody likes me. And Pamela's like, Yeah, they're a bunch of bitches, but I like you. We're best friends. Then Pamela insists that Elizabeth starts exercising with her. Like, how sinister is that? Oh, I think you should be more healthy. We should go running. You could do with the exercise. Shall I plan what you're going to wear this week? You know, and that is literally, she actually does come over to Elizabeth shall we plan your outfits for the next week? Like, how Christian Grey is that? And I'm not saying that in a hot, sexy way. I'm on, like, the side of 99% of the internet that thinks that is a fucked up relationship.
1: Well, I mean, it's not even written sexually, so, you know, no one is having sexy fun times here. Uh, But, yes, Dove is not exaggerating. It's really horrific the way she comes in and just... Systematically separates her from her friends and turns her against her friends and undermines her self confidence while at the same time boosting her confidence in ways that Pamela approves of. I don't know that I would have thought of it as an abusive relationship until Dove said something in her recap, but it is exactly
0: that. And it's kind of horrifying. I think I have like a radar for abusive relationships. It's, you know. Understandably.
2: <laughs> could you please make it clear that it's not your current married I, relationship yeah Thank it did you.
0: actually cross cross my mind that i'd kind of just went yeah <laughs> raven's a complete <laughs> shit yeah. and then i thought no i won't clarify yeah. everyone thinks he's don't wonderful let me t-
2: don't don't make me tell you <laughs> twice
0: oh well that
1: especially works with his little <laughs> intro earlier about going to his trailer if it doesn't happen the way he wants it i mean uh, you kind of set yourself up here
2: raven i did i did it's weird because the the whole abusive relationship. I didn't really see it uh, as 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 that until the, you mentioned it in your recap. Um, but the reason I thought because I, I I mean I I saw her as a very sort of greamer worm tongue from Lord of the Wing uh, Lord of the Rings sort of you know whispering in the ear being oh they don't like you you should do this and I didn't see that as her trying to put her own her own agenda forward if you like. I just saw it as basically her pandering to Liz's maybe internalized fears and thoughts and, and twisting them, but in the direction that Liz would go if she wasn't level-headed, if you know what I mean. I don't. I think it was more as a as, a, as a, in, in my reading as a reaction to what Liz was thinking and saying, rather than let's let's isolate Elizabeth and you know draw her into my web the stuff about the the stuff about the the, the the let's let's plan your wardrobe i saw that as a, as an extension of the modern of the model student thing i saw that as like we're on the campaign trail now so let's let's get together and plan your wardrobe so you look the best for the model student thing rather than i mean yes when you mention it it's like well yes it is this but you know that's the way i saw it i i didn't see it as innocent as such but i saw it as more innocent than than the massively vindictive horror show that you've... I mean, I hated her. I would have happily kicked her into the sea.
0: I would posit the theory that not every abuser walks into their first relationship going, I am going to break this bitch. You know, they mean well, but then they get the taste of power and they're like, "This this is how I function. I don't know. I don't know how abusers work at all. I've only ever been on the other side of it, but... You know, Pamela's very young and she doesn't have any power. Like, we've never we've literally never heard mm. of her before.
2: I presume you never not... heard of her again either. No. <laughs> um,
0: because the mm. first time I read this, like back when I was a tween, I thought it was the same Pamela with a heart condition mm-hmm. because yeah. obviously I wasn't building a website and making notes of everyone's names and you know, working with Wing who lists literally every name on the planet. Look, I need um, to know who's
1: in the damn book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so I thought it was heart attack girl, and I thought, well, that works because you know she she jumped up uh, to popular heights mm. when she was with Jessica, and then she got dropped down again. So maybe she's taking a swing at the other twin. Um, but this Pamela's even more invisible because she didn't have that first ride with Jessica because right. she doesn't fucking exist. She's not described as pretty, which is Sweet Valley currency. She's just literally nobody. Even Team Boring is like that girl is shit.
2: <laughs> can I just say I, I do like the fact that Pamela having had her own book the the other Pamela the, the nice Pamela yeah. you know it's all very well having this representation but in our minds she's always going to be called heart attack girl from now
1: on it's <laughs> very sad thanks for that Dove.
0: is it okay to attack the you know disabled character if it's the disabled recapper doing it like Is that okay? I don't think you're attacking (laughs) the character. I think you're
1: attacking this idea that if she can't do these things because she's going to have a heart attack, she probably can't do that fucking race either. (laughs) Which is just, you know, a logic attack. Uh, I'm really intrigued that you use the worm tongue comparison or example because that is absolutely a manipulative, abusive relationship The whole reason he whispers in his ear is to get him separated from his family and his kingdom and to take that power. So to have that comparison to the talk about how Pamela was not doing that just blew my mind sitting here listening to you.
0: Because, yeah, that's... I actually sided with Wing there as well. Yeah, I I,
2: I can see that point. I will say that Lord of the Rings probably had a little bit more real estate to explore these themes <laughs>
0: what <laughs> the hell you say yeah it's all in the fucking footnotes yeah yeah buried yep. under five billion descriptions of eight thousand different fucking leaves but you know they are based on the movies
2: well, i think we can all agree that pamela is a telkian abuser so
0: footnotes footnotes are the best shut up <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing with Pam, uh, Pamela, is one thing I, I I mean, she was a right royal pain in the backside, and I did want to just hoof her into space, from literally the moment she started, very single white female, very, you know, very, oh yeah, you're amazing, and, uh, and then moving on to to trying to change Elizabeth, which was weird, because it sort of holds, a, it sort of holds a mirror up to the whole, oh, you're amazing, oh, I love the way you breathe, and and so on and so forth, but then wanting to change things about her, it's like, well, you can't love her that much. You can't be that sycophantic and fawning and believe what you're saying.
0: But that's like the standard abuser. Yes,
2: exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the
0: Alanis Morissette lyric, I love you just the way you are, once you're perfect. Yeah. Creepy.
2: And and the other one, of course, it's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife.
0: Yeah, sometimes mm. she doesn't know what she's on about. <laughs> she but she it. is God, so, you know, she and she's is funny. That actually segues into something that I really
1: actually liked about it, is that Pamela's annoying and terrible and I hated her, but at the same time, she really, at least in the first half of the book, turns on elizabeth exactly what elizabeth does to every new friend that she picks up which yeah. is to bring this friend in and start to try to twist them. but i don't with elizabeth i'm not entirely sure it's intentional even uh but she does try to twist them or encourage them to be more like her or here are the things and like it's just not as much fun when someone's trying to become you instead of you trying to change them is it
0: yeah, that was something I also felt like. I mean, some girls did want to be rescued. I mean, you've got someone like Sophia Rizzo, who's just like so fucking stunned that her house has windows. She's moved to tears by it. What are these twinkly fairies? It's a light bulb, Sophia. <laughs> but on the other hand, you've got someone like. Um, oh, is it George Henkel or was that the old man? Either way, someone Henkel in Claim to Fame, who was just like, fuck off. I don't want a relationship with my dad. I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to talk about it. Just get fucked, you nosy bitch. Was Sophia the one that went off about the
1: windows? Because I definitely would have thought that, of that was, as like um, a Ginny
2: Lou Yeah, it was Lou Lou Ginny Lou yeah, well. yeah.
0: Culpepper. But um,
1: no, your point stands. I was just yeah. like, no, wait, what was the one with the little redneck wide eyed? Oh, my God, you have running water. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, no,
2: Sophia was Sophia was very. I mean, Ginny Lou was a bit like, wow, look at that. It's a mirror. It's a reflection of my demon soul. <laughs> and she was quite energetic about it, whereas Sophia was very wispy and. Oh my lord It's like a dream. Look, a, look. the birthday. I've thing. never seen yeah. cloth before. You know, you're just.
0: Am I dreaming? Yeah, I mean, these are people that probably need to be saved by Elizabeth, because otherwise, they're just like never going to leave the house because they're going to be exclaiming over literally everything they encounter on the way. Oh my God! It's a pebble. I must be dreaming.
1: It's two pebbles. How dare you
2: hate on my enthusiasm for life? How dare you? Hey, pebbles for life, yo. (laughs) One thing that didn't... Not wound me up a little bit, but it's something that I've noticed with a few books lately, is that the ending, the denouement to the main story seems to be getting more and more abrupt.
0: Yeah, it was really off-screen, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was weird because in this one... uh, she uh, Elizabeth realised that she was being a grade-A end, and was like, right, okay, I've got to apologise to everyone. And then I think it was handling, and apologise, she did. Let's move on. You know, there was nothing I would have liked to have seen her going up to Lila and apologising. Yeah. And having Lila going, yeah, fuck you, Blondie. And being, you know, that sort of thing. And just seeing a little bit more interaction between them. Because, they're the, you know, you, it's only fair to have a decent payoff if you've sat through the build-up. But when it actually goes down to Pamela, Pamela was like, oh, what's happened, Elizabeth? And she's like, I've got detention for being an eavesdropper. And I don't think we should see each other anymore um, because this is, you turn me into a nasty person. And Pamela went, all right, maybe you're right then. I'm stomped off. And that was it. And it's like, where's the abusive relationship now? You know, why have you just said, well, we'll switch it off now then. And it's like, well, oh, there's only three pages left. And we've got to mention the next book yet. So, uh, yeah, I'm off then. This is
0: actually, um, I remember saying about four months ago to Wing, there is a book coming up that I want fic from you you about because it's not in my wheelhouse. Like, I do happy, wacky hijinks. I want fic on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shocking. Shocking that this is the one you want. I'll see what I can do. Kind of big picture level, I think this has been an ongoing problem. You're right. Uh, the first especially the first half of last year when we were first recapping and i was just kind of settling into the series it felt like everything was rushed like it was all very there wasn't a really good rise and fall just the story was very kind of flat and there was no build and they've gotten better uh in part because it's Team Grapplegate for so long. But also, just in general, the story has gotten better about being framed in a way that there's rising and falling action, but they cannot stick to any, any of them. And part of me is like, well, they have a very short amount of time to do it in. But that doesn't mean you just climb the cliff, climb the cliff, climb the cliff, and then cut it off. That's not satisfying reading. And these some of these could be satisfying stories, surprisingly to me, except that they just can't oh, we're out of room, let's stop and go. Like, you should know where you're going, especially in a series like this, because they work
0: from such structured outlines and page numbers. Like, that really yeah. annoys me. I do agree with this. Like, it, as Raven says, it's so abrupt.
2: It just makes me feel, like, a bit let down, because I, mean, I, I enjoy the stories up to a point. You know, I mean, I, I enjoyed this one, although we're all sitting here hating on Pamela. From an artistic point of view That's a good thing Because she was meant to be horrible And we meant to dislike her um, You know So the story's great and, and The the whole thing with Elizabeth Was both funny And sad And believable When Elizabeth was Coming up with all the ridiculous things That she was doing Like um, Making sure For pudding We're having sultana, Rice pudding Brown rice pudding with sultanas in it we're going to get rid of all the coffee, and and, and don't you think you, you really want to eat that? And don't you think you should be doing your homework? And all your hobbies, Jessica, are awful. You should be doing something much more. Oh, much that more was fun.
0: breathtaking.
2: And that, and that was all really good fun. But unless it has the. And unless it has a decent payoff at the end, you're like, what was the point,
0: you know? Yeah, and actually while we're here can we take a moment to just really appreciate the fact that elizabeth suggested that jessica learn to play the harp <laughs> <laughs>
1: also i feel like elizabeth hasn't thought that through because the harp is very large Do you know what kind of damage jessica could do to people with that thing <laughs> she needs like a little piccolo and even then she's
0: gonna stab people's eyes i was yeah. imagining her like
2: elizabeth sees harp jessica sees cheese
0: that's greater. exactly what i was gonna say like yeah string it with wire slice and dice before yeah. it hits the mccandy backyard <laughs> oh
1: you don't yeah. really need to string it with wire some of that uh actual now i've like what they're called actual strings are sharp enough to you could do real damage with
0: them true but if you're gonna go for broke you might as well get the lasers from the opening scenes of uh resident evil lasers. yes that's, very
2: that's true, not a musical actually. instrument though
0: but it could in be. fact is
2: the harp a sexy instrument
0: oh i think oh, it's oh, a romantic oh. instrument
2: a romantic instrument
0: I'm not sure it's sexy, but I like, think it's romantic. Capital Ooh. R romantic or lowercase r romantic? Not really into romantic, <laughs> but I think it is romantic. Like, if I could see it in the background of John Cena and Nikki Bella, then it must be romantic.
2: Cute. Have they got a harp?
0: I
1: bet they have. You know what? I would not put it past John Cena to have a fucking harp in his house and someone hired to play it 24 <laughs> 7.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you reckon, like... They're playing the entrance the on r- it. Yeah. Bing, 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 <laughs> bing. Bing, bing, bing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So in general, uh, I find a harp a fussy instrument, but uh, there's been a lot of stuff in the past couple decades where harpists, I think that's what they're actually called, harpists will play, like, hard rock on the harp. And that's very cool. Nice. So I don't know that I call it sexy, but I would call it interesting at this point. Does it have to be
2: that shape? Actually no, maybe. Could they, could they not just make a square one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's because an the shape of question. a harp. The only way to describe the shape of a harp is harp-shaped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is <laughs> what shape, so, that? shape? Like a harp. All so right, you're okay.
0: not so you're thinking of abolishing the shape of a harp? Like literally from I'm I'm not on that committee. I'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> You know,
2: it, it, does it have to be that filigreed and fancy? Can they not just make I don't know a, a little harp, <laughs> just a, a harp for the for the, for the cheap seats. <laughs> I can't afford this three thousand pound instrument. Have you got one made of balsa wood?
1: I would assume that the shape, at least some of the shape, maybe not the frills and the decorations. They are mm. always very very ornate, as you mm. said. I would assume some of the shape probably does have to do with the out because generally, yeah, the, the length of the doing, strings yeah. where they are
2: and stuff. I'm presuming exactly. that's fair.
1: But that is actually a very good question. Mm. I've never heard anyone talk about that, unlike guitar or uh, the French horn or various mm. things where the, you could tell that the spacing or the curls or the yeah. cutout sections are for a thing.
0: Mm. Right. How does this relate to Elizabeth the Impossible? You're the one who brought up a harp. <laughs> Did well, I?
1: you're the one that brought up sexy yeah. instruments.
2: <laughs> I did, yes. Well, that's that's uh, one oh, of the lead of the whole thing. Yeah. When
0: so. did I bring up the heart? You said,
2: "Can't we have a moment of appreciation for the fact yes, that Elizabeth?" Yes, you're it right. I
0: did. <laughs> Elizabeth
1: brought up the heart. You cannot well, blame impossible. Elizabeth for what we talk about. <laughs> I know you blame her for a lot of things, but you cannot blame her for that. I'm I'm sorry, but no.
0: <laughs> oh, and how awesome was Jessica in this? Because every chapter went, is utter you shop and you talk to your friends and you're a waste of humanity you could be playing the harp or learning to play chess or speaking latin or going to museums and jessica's just like nah can't fuck be yeah. asked i really like what i do my life is awesome I could do those things that you think are good, but I'd enjoy life less. So fuck it. I am going to eat popcorn, watch a movie, and then I'm going to go shopping for purple shit.
2: And Jessica was amazing. Oh, she, I
0: actually
1: want to read that yeah. quote that you quoted, which is about this, because it's such a it's an amazing response to Elizabeth. But also, I really liked your point that if the books that had more of this message rather than all of the fat shaving and stuff, it would have been a much different thing. Yes, the quote is amazing uh, elizabeth does all that tell her to change and jessica says uh i'm myself but i'm satisfied with the way i am i like to waste time i love shopping with the unicorns and talking on the phone and going to parties remember that prize-winning essay you wrote about how important it is to be an individual well maybe i don't have a lot of self-discipline and maybe i'm not the most cultured person in the world but i'm an individual and i'm happy and that is such a fucking amazing thing to see in a book like this. I mean, in any book, but this kind of book, especially. I could not believe it when I read that.
2: Yeah, yeah. really good.
0: And she says that about three times as yes. well. I mean, that's the best version yeah. of that. But she does reiterate the message as well, which is awesome as well.
2: I do think that she did miss a trick at one point, though, when Elizabeth was going on. You're just wasting your time. If you've got nothing productive you can do, she could have quite easily just clapped back with, excuse me, I was up at half through this morning burying a fucking body while <laughs> you were sleeping. So get <laughs> fucked, you blonde end."
1: That's true. She she does miss a trick. But on the other hand, the way gossip spreads here, she's probably better off not bitching it even to a <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, if she had a lo- lo- logical head on, the first person she'd kill would be Caroline, Caroline Pierce. Just take her out. The gossip engine just ceases.
1: But uh, another theory is that Carolyn spreads so much shit rumours that you never know what's true. So even if she did say anything, people would assume it wasn't true because she's so terrible at it. So I think I can see manipulative Jessica doing that.
2: Just going around spreading rumours like, yeah, yeah, Charlie Cashman fucked a penguin. Go and tell everyone.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Jessica's marrying her beloved penguin friend. It's weird. (laughs) And it's true love. Uh, (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Actually, this brings up the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is that essay. So at the very beginning of the book, Elizabeth wins a prize for this essay that I think is kind of referenced at the end of the last book. I can't remember, though. Anyway, but it's about being a unicorn and she writes Or Sorry, it's about being a unicorn. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) It's about being an individual. And she writes about how hard it was for them to become individuals when they were twins that dressed alike for so long and lived together and had all these same interests and they finally figured out they're different and to have that have happened like three chapters ago basically and then her to pull this was beautifully done in that elizabeth is being impossible but also really frustrating as a reader because on the one hand it works in the story very well but on the other hand because we have a year and a half of recapping this it sort of feels like a continuity error. And I know it's not. I think it's actually intentional. But I'm so primed to be annoyed over them forgetting something that's happened 30 seconds ago that I kept being like, but her fucking essay! And then
0: wing, that's the whole fucking point. Chill. Yeah, Elizabeth's just like non-stop winning at the moment because it didn't open with... Um, my brain has just gone completely dead on it. Um, and wasn't everyone discussing the fact that in total, she's won $250 in the past couple of months uh, yeah. for her essays. Oh, yeah. like, mm. And that's a metric fuck ton of cash for a 12 year old in 1980 something. Mm. Right. And also, she won a trip to uh, Teen Scene Magazine, which is really satisfying to say, people. Um, to visit their LA offices, although come to think of it, when I was doing my first of all, I was really angry that yes, Elizabeth has won yet another nationwide. And as I typed the word nationwide, I was like, "Oh, they didn't want to fly someone in from across the country, so they just picked the nearest entrant."
1: Yeah. Oh, surely she's not the only one in the LA area that entered. That's true. Surely. surely, there's at least
2: there's at least thirty five other. Budding writers on the Sweet Valley Sixers staff. I think this
0: is incredibly blighting though. Like people who enjoy writing aren't as extracurricular as Elizabeth about it. It's it's very only Elizabeth cares enough to try and be a published writer, whereas (laughs) everyone else is just logging their hours in sixth grade, you know? yeah maybe right. so,
2: but I mean, I think the some of the books that have dealt with the new girl coming in and writing, and that, that being the main part, mm-hmm. they are wanting to be writers and, and take their writing further, and Elizabeth helps them, and that is that's the story for that book, isn't it? It's like like, is it Sophia where she's writing all the the, the, the scripts?: Oh, and she stuff? writes the plays. Yeah. And that's like, yay. Fantastic, and then we never hear about it doing right. it again.
0: Oh, but I remember actually when we were discussing that particular podcast, and I said, I'm actually surprised that so wrote it, Elizabeth's insi- um, assistance, because in the later books, the writers are so the authors, the Jamie Susans, are so desperate to ensure that the twins are the best that they don't really let anybody else have that level of success in the future, because be honest, it's been a while. Like I'm thinking Dylan McKay is probably the last person who won an essay contest, who went up against Elizabeth.
2: Yeah. yeah um, she, to be fair. Elizabeth yeah. had to post his bloody entry in as well. So you know, a bit. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's it's been a long
0: time since um, Elizabeth has lost in the writing arena. I mean, Maria enjoys her writing, but she went off and did the drama club, which is non-threatening right. to writer yeah. status. Yeah. You know,
2: she's the a- same with Mandy as well. To be fair, because she was doing stuff with. Uh, sorry to interrupt. She was doing stuff with. Um, uh, yeah, she's because Mandy was doing stuff. She wrote the vaudeville sketches and stuff yeah. like that, and that was you know great fun. And she's got a great comic sensibility, so she could quite easily write some comedy. Um, yeah, one thing about Elizabeth now is that I think. We're going through a a phase where it's not just the the wakefields win it's it's the wakefields win as well Yes. it's like yeah todd todd um what's his name todd wilkins yes yeah, yeah todd wilkins has been has been made the model, model student and elizabeth has as well and there's a, a number of those things this is great a great thing by this person but Elizabeth's involved as well. Like, oh, the Mandy Miller thing. The Vaudeville Act. Jessica's and Mandy's Vaudeville Act is going to be has been picked to be on the uh, thing. But wait a minute, Elizabeth's in it because Mandy's ill, and Elizabeth and Amy win the second prize yeah. as well. It's just like oh fuck off. How's anybody else win it? Anybody else win it? Even from the same school, if you have to. Right. Just,
0: yeah. No wonder Big Messer are so angry. Yeah. Burn it down, Big Mesa. Burn <laughs> it down. See, the thing is, I don't know if they, like, Big Mesa really do fuck with them and get into fisticuffs, or whether I've just bought into fandom's assumption that they will, you know? <laughs> I mean, in my head, headcanon, yes, that's exactly what happens. But also in our headcanon, Jessica buries people
1: in backyards, so it's possible we're not to be trusted. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just having a quick think about the actual prize as well, the essay, the, the essay competition that Elizabeth won. That was for Teen Scene Magazine, yes? Teen Scene Magazine. Mm-hmm. Teen Scene
0: Magazine. i said i sorry. Am I right, in thinking, heart, the teen, yeah,
2: I'm right in thinking that Teen Scene Magazine is one of the ones that Jessica reads? Um, Isn't that one that's been mentioned before? I don't before? know whether
0: it's that. She definitely reads Seventeen and Smash.
2: I thought she'd, she'd also read or mentioned Teen Scene Magazine. But even so with a name like teen scene magazine you can't imagine it being anything
0: yeah it feels like a jessica
2: it it feels like this is and in today's issue of teen scene magazine we have elizabeth wakefield's new essay on how to be an individual followed by you also you want to be an individual here's how in 10 easy steps
1: i definitely feel like i've said this recently possibly the last podcast where we talked briefly about this part of the book But uh, Teen Vogue, I mean, yes, in general, I take your point. But Teen Vogue, in particular, right now, is doing amazing, in-depth, hardcore reporting. So on the one hand, I do think maybe that's a very valid thing especially in sweet valley world on the other hand you know some of these teen focused yeah. magazines are kicking ass at uh, better yeah. than a lot at of the modern, modern
2: them at, at the moment they definitely are
0: even back in the day like just 17 mm-hmm. you know you used to immediately go to the problem page to read about sex and periods and all that right. you know and then when you were done with that you would read the rest of it which was 90 percent keanu reeves pictures i right. don't know why <laughs> He's, he's a lovely person by all accounts, but he's not a panic man. He's not super hot. I, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, but there are short stories in there that are, were submitted by the mm-hmm. readers and um, essays on topics they felt were important to them, like recycling or not smoking or, you know wearing green t-shirts i don't know but i i would read every word so it's very possible that there would be a elizabeth style essay in a jessica style magazine at least oh, in course. my experience back in the day Same.
2: i mean i can imagine it coming over very blue peter yes though. it it's does very, you know you know yeah, these yeah. huge things you know it's environmental catastrophe so save your bottle tops <laughs> Send them to this yeah address. So, I mean, and and what you also said about Teen Vogue, uh, yes, you are 100% correct. They're basically standing up against the whole thing and being absolutely amazing. And, you know, the whole fake news backlash and, you know, you've got, like, Fox News and CNN not reporting the the correct stuff. You know, and it's Teen Vogue. But my point on that would be, yeah, and that is 100%, what the fuck, noteworthy? (laughs) That's such a surprise and marvellous and great. But it's still something that is something that you wouldn't expect, shall we say.
1: I, so I definitely see that. And I think it is a surprise to a lot of people. And I was surprised by how much they did and how good the writing was. So I will own up to that. But I also, this reminds me of that meme that was going around over here, at least for a while, which is that, you know... Uh, who's standing up to the tyranny here well it's the teens and the teen magazines and the forest rangers and and stuff you wouldn't have expected it's like yes except that we fed today's teens like a decade to two decades of apocalyptic stories where the teens stand up and save their world so you know probably (laughs) should have seen this coming
2: (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair it's the gone series and stuff like that (laughs) i've been reading that and going right we're in charge now
1: So really, really uh, unimportant aside, you know what this means, your question about whether we've seen this magazine before? It means we need to start tagging every periodical and book and reference that (laughs) appears in these books too,
0: Dove. You know that, right? You can uh, retrospectively go back and tag everything. (laughs) (laughs) I might make a list, actually.
2: (laughs) Can't we set one of our listening minions on this? Oh
1: yeah. Listeners, you want to make that happen? We'll be super happy.
0: Shout out. (laughs) Rosie's very good with a spreadsheet. (laughs) Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. Rosie does a lot. Let let, let our other listener do it this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While we're talking about periodicals, can we briefly touch on the shit with the Sixers? Because on the one hand, part of what happens is that there's an error in the captions in an issue. Uh, And Mr. Bowman calls elizabeth on it and she freaks out and suddenly is like well i have to look at everything before it goes to press and i'm the final call and you have to show me your changes and blah blah blah. and this this is treated as something super tyrannical but that's kind of how a newspaper works like that's generally what an editor does and with a copy editor doing all the maybe detailed work but generally whoever's at the top needs to have a last look at it at least on the high school and middle school level level papers that's kind of what the job is so i was very confused that this was suddenly a horrific thing
0: i was baffled about that but like because we don't do school newspapers i thought oh maybe this is like a really irrational thing so i'm not even going to bring it up was it not every
2: little edit though was it not like Oh, I'll make an edit to the punctuation there. Oh, I've got to now pass this through Elizabeth. Then read it again. Oh, I'll make another little change here. Oh, I've got to pass this through Elizabeth.
0: I mean, from my point of view, yes, I can understand that that would be painstaking. But I could also imagine rolling back in my chair and going, Liz, I've changed this comma to a full stop. Do you need to see it or are you okay with me verbally telling you? Right. I was picturing it, and I think you're probably right that
1: the implication was that they're having to show her every time they make that change. I was picturing more like they write the article, then they edit the article and they turn that in. uh, And then it gets placed. And then, because at this point in time, they're probably physically placing it still the master copy. uh, And because we know that there's not a ton of them that could even type, that there's not a bunch where they're retyping stuff over and over. So as soon as it's placed down and done, that should be the point where she can go through it and make sure it's all correct. And she really, as editor, should be editing these articles much earlier in the process too, and then confirming the edits are made. And I realized that this is just a middle school newspaper and that I am super hardcore over this because I did do newspapers. But oh my God. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> that's what Jessica was doing in the war between the twins. She was getting everyone's uh, articles in. And editing everything. And it was like, admittedly, Jessica was keeling over under the... uh, Because she didn't have editors. But it's definitely been implied, if not outright stated. Got like sports editors and gossip editors. I'm like... Well, so in like high school and
1: middle school, not that we really should go this deep into it, but I'm going to because that's why you like having me around. I go off on a needless tangent. In like a high school and middle school paper it's quite possible that everyone would be called an editor or something. So like the editor would write, the sports editor would write the majority of the sports articles, but there's always an editor above them. That is in the end, the person responsible for making sure that it goes out without errors and everything correct and things like that, which is where I've pictured Elizabeth as being. So yes, they should be reading and editing each other's, but I actually was not surprised. I would have also been very upset if a paper had gone out with switched up captions under my editorial direction like that's not okay (laughs) especially because it has that kind of unintentional jab at the batter kid about cookies or something like that and they obviously don't mean it as a a jab at him but that's kind of how it could be read
0: so i would have been really unhappy if a paper that i was in charge of went out like that but it's generally regarded as okay because he's a bit of a bully so haha let's fat shame him true i mean fat shaming in general usually okay in sweet valley not in this book maybe necessarily but in general yeah cool yeah i loved that moment when she fat shamed janet i mean she really went for it she was like you know there's zillions of calories in there you're getting spotty and to be honest you'd be a lot happier if you lost a couple of pounds and janet's like get the fuck out of my life i thought she was gonna stab her in the eye with a fork and i was there for it yeah i was like go on janet twatter with a tray (laughs) yeah we all wanted janet to stab her it would have been beautiful and i love to see the fat shaming being regarded as bad Mm, yeah so it does
2: definitely make a change
0: it would have also been nice if she'd have taken a swing at lois and that also been regarded as bad because it does have the unfortunate implications well it, it's bad form to do it at janet because she's thin and she's beautiful and she's popular but yeah. all of the other stuff like about lois she's a fatty she deserves it right. which isn't what they were going for but because right. they didn't have control over all the previous Absolutely. ones that they weren't involved in that's the unfortunate impression.
1: See, one little detail i loved is that elizabeth goes to clean out the fridge and throw away all the food that tastes good and uh alice comes down and thanks her for her help not really knowing what she's done until she finds out the fucking coffee's gone and then oh my god it's <laughs> on and we're all pretty sure that by coffee they mean Jim.
2: of course of course if elizabeth got into the drinks cabinet she would have been killed
0: <laughs> it would yeah have been
2: the, the rest of the series would have been the tales of uh, jessica wakefield and the no one else of elizabeth
0: the impossible the sweet
1: valley sister uh,
2: i did quite like the way that her friends called her on her obvious bullshit almost from the word go which was great, um, because there are quite a lot... I mean, there was a lot of Amy and a lot of... Well, to be fair, there was a lot of Amy in Pamela, you know, early Amy, because Amy does come across as a little bit sycophantic at times.
0: That's why Um, I hate her. Yeah,
2: well, well, it's one of the (laughs) many Reason number (laughs) 43, (laughs) why you hate her. Um, But, yeah, the way that they all called her on it, especially when she was getting interviewed for... What was she being interviewed for? Was it local TV for the for the individual thing, the, the the magazine, or?
0: Yeah, I think it was
1: for the essay.
0: Yeah, she was being interviewed by a newspaper for winning a magazine article competition. It's a little weird. Oh no, hang on! Didn't she have?
2: Wasn't she not picked? Has she been picked to be? No, it might be another book where she was picked to do some writing for a no, newspaper. That was the,
0: oh, that was the junior journalist. That's one of the things that she won recently yes. that contributed to her yes. $250. They did mention <laughs> it in this one. Yeah. Yeah, because she's got yeah. all that money from. Yeah. It. That's yeah. part so of it. So it was either that it. Or, it, or it was the thoughtful twin in the individual twin scene um essay.
2: Yes. in teen scene yeah. magazine. Yeah. And then the journalist comes in and her friends are just like, "Hmm, well, okay, we'll be interviewed." But they're all very much like, so what's Elizabeth like? She is adequate. <laughs> she has been better. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and Amy was really, you know, the right kind of person always remembers who their real friends are. And then the the journalist is like, oh, and is Elizabeth that kind of person? And Amy just looks at the camera, if you like, and goes, time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: it's that. proper
1: sinister. It's <laughs> yeah. like, mic drop right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this actually sort of reminded me a bit of uh the super chillers uh, because one of the things, uh it's not a standard trope of the super chiller, but it does happen quite often, is Elizabeth gets caught up in some kind of supernatural thrall. And this leaves Jessica missing the real Elizabeth. And she quite often has to team up with Amy, research to how to get the old Elizabeth back. And this slightly, slightly happened. Um, You know, Amy did come over, and Pamela was there sucking up to Liz and, um, you know, fawning all over her. And actually, um, Liz and Amy, no. Jessica and Amy had a quick confab at the bottom of the stairs before Elizabeth demanded that they join her in in her room. And they tried to keep it going, you know, just giving each other updates like, oh, did you hear she did this? And what do you think we should do? And Elizabeth's like, come here now! I quite like Jessica and Amy's
1: friendship when it happens in uh, the Carnival Ghost, especially their research, with this one too, uh, which is a really good segue because Raven asked an interesting question in the recap, which is whether Pamela is creepier than Claire, you know, the ghost from Carnival Ghost uh, discuss my short answer was that. Yeah. Immensely creepier because Claire was just a lonely ghost. who was trying to murder people. So she'd have a friend and Pamela is, manipulative and abusive and dangerous in a much different way
0: but so what are your guys' thoughts I actually agree with that because I feel like um the law of ghosts says that if you died tragically you're kind of caught in that moment with all of those negative emotions just like sitting in you and and it starts to rot and fester and you're caught in a loop and it just exacerbates and escalates and mm-hmm. um, you know, it it kind of paints the ghost out to be quite passive uh, because they're just locked in this last tragic moment and lashing out. Whereas Pamela is actively g- grooming and cho- changing Elizabeth's behavior and she's going to do it again. And she's a human being and she's got no excuse other than she's a dickhead.
2: Very what fair. about you,
1: Raven? Because I really liked that question. I was curious
2: as to what you thought. Uh well the very fact that I thought of the question makes me think that there's definite parallels between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, I, I I take the point that oh the ghost is trapped in this infer- inter- eternal feedback loop where, you know, the bad feeling piles upon bad feeling and uh, you know, it's it's awful. But creepy as fuck can kill you is a bit more than <laughs> yeah. just being, you know, insidious and being in an abusive relationship. I think when when Elizabeth is on top of the Ferris wheel with Jessica in there, and Elizabeth, uh, Claire's trying to persuade Elizabeth for whatever reason to jump and fall to her death from the Ferris wheel, and then she turns on Jessica, and you know that's what snaps Liz out of it. She you know proper recoils. I, I can't remember what, it, what she actually does, but Basically it's something, that. yeah, something hideous. I, I always picture the. The ghost from the beginning of Ghostbusters, where it (laughs) turns from the old woman in the library to the big scary, scary, you know, demon thing. And that is much more visceral and much more horrific and can lead to actual death. So what you're describing about the ghost is very, oh, ghost, they're so lonely oh, we love the ghosts, So oh, you don't understand my pain, which is all very Twilight and can all go to get bollocked.
0: That wasn't what I said at all. I was very careful in my fucking language so that I... And I used ghost lore because uh, you know the stuff it, I feel that the, the supernatural is bullshit. Um, also, you don't think Elizabeth and Pamela could uh, escalate because you have a mirror of that where Jessica throws her tiles down and storms out of the room because Pamela is being, fawning all over Elizabeth and saying that they're best friends now and Jessica feels pushed out. Like, if you let this go on much longer, those kids are jumping off a cliff together because nobody understands and nobody can ever be a part of them and it's so difficult for Elizabeth because, you know, she's attached to being a twin when she really needs to be with Pamela. Wing.
1: I agree completely with that. I also, this is, I don't mean this as horrible as it's going to sound, Raymond, so please don't take it that way, but I can't figure out a gentler way to say it. It comes across as a really straight white cis dude to be like, oh, a ghost could kill you, but abuse cannot. And I had this conversation with Ostrands quite a bit because he doesn't understand things like watching your drink or not taking a drink that you don't know where it's been or walking alone uh, down a. Uh, sidewalk and changing sides because you see someone you don't know who possibly could be a threat, whether they are or not. So it it definitely smacks of that. Like this idea, even if we take for granted that in sweet Valley, the supernatural is real, which if we go from the carnival ghost, this is a, and others, this is a true thing that the danger is still there. And it feels much more immediate when it comes to someone like Pamela, because ghosts are expected or at least in this kind of ghost lore that it, it's understood that they will maybe try to kill whereas this sort of insipid manipulative abuse oh well it doesn't mean any harm or it doesn't lead to death or whatever where that's passionately untrue and I, okay, obviously- i'm going to take
2: i'm going to take a little <laughs> bit of umbrage at that one because i <laughs> that is fair and 100 percent correct in real life I agree with that. I, without a shadow of a doubt, what you're saying there is 100% correct. But the books that we are reading are almost high fantasy. And I don't think that they've been presented like that, to be honest. As we are reading them now, they're full of holding hands and and, you know, first kisses and silly pranks at school And stuff like that. And the level of danger isn't ratcheted up to the level of real life danger. Mm. So, whereas when it was the ghost, that was implicit in the text. That was, we're at the top of a Ferris wheel. And this is, the ghost is going to throw the pair of them off to their death. Whereas with Pamela, whereas with Pamela, the feeling was that, I mean, you you say that you, you think that this could escalate to them both jumping off a cliff saying nobody understands me or them coming back with a gun and killing all the people in the school. And we sort of joke about Jessica murdering people and stuff, but that's not, that's not. A consequence of any of the actions as presented in the book, you know that they're never going to write that. In this world, that doesn't happen.
1: They're never going to write them actually dying at the
2: ghost, though. So if you're going to, no, it's but what the they danger presented write. as the danger of death is presented very I clearly. That
1: it's presented elsewhere too. I mean, there's part of the reason, at least in my reading of it, that the Wakefield adults didn't want to let them go on this bus journey is that it's not safe for them to go by themselves when they're too young and too naive and too trusting to do this. And then there's the, the kid that ran away and hid in the house that was going to collapse for some unknown reason. Or the drowning in the cave of some weird dimensions that no one understands. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like there are, there are threats. But also despite the fact that there's stuff like the fucked upness of the class trip and the ghost aspect of a couple of the other super chillers, this really is presented and sold much more as a contemporary series. I mean, not necessarily contemporary in that it's modern, but a contemporary in that it's a real life based series. And yeah, that it's a very saccharine version of real life, but I think it's hard for me to, to disconnect real threats versus, or the idea that just because they're 12, this isn't a real threat. And it's not that I think they're going to necessarily kill each other on page or even have a shooting spree or even do the joint suicide pact or anything. But the potential for it there is as threatening to me, at least as threatening to me as Claire and how Pamela does it is creepier to me. But also I think it's hard for, for me to forget that obviously I haven't read sweet Valley high or beyond, but it does seem like there's a lot more of that sort of kidnapping danger stalking people do die so this is a world in which that does eventually exist uh but i see your point to it as as kind of high fantasy or a fantasy too maybe not high fantasy but
0: and uh with our point horror background we're also um set up to understand more readily than than others uh there's a scene in the mall where uh the bad guy is desperate to uh kidnap a girl and he's referred to as the muffin man, which makes him the least frightening thing ever. Um but he wants to kidnap a girl and stroke her hair and it's like Yeah, that that's not what yeah. he wants to do, is it? <laughs> but yeah. He,
1: yeah, we are gonna stay it on page, but we know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So possibly we're we're more I think ultimately there Raven was looking at the bubble as is literally presented in the text, mm-hmm. which makes it very safe right. and without the subtext of real world. And Wing was bringing reality into it and everything's equally dark every way you look at it.
2: And don't get me wrong. I, we You know, we've got a history of doing that. I seem yeah. to remember when right. they went to, where, where did they go to? Was it San Francisco to see... Robin and there's the Robin and the Jaguars and they and they ended up going out and breaking into somebody's house in the yeah. middle of the night. You know what I that's mean? That's true. And My first so thought that, was, you know, "Oh
1: God, where is the gun in this?" Exactly. Story? You know,
2: so so that bubble can be burst.
1: It can. And we. I mean, that's part of what we do. Not just in Bleak Valley, which obviously we take dark, but I think it can be burst, and it's hard. It's hard to disconnect it for me because culture is built around what we consume media wise but i definitely see your point too in that in where this book went there wasn't that same immediate threat of death as you had hanging out of a ferris wheel cage definitely lost the word right there maybe
2: maybe it could be something as simple as the the threat of death in the carnival ghost was stated whereas the threat of yeah. death was only implied i can in see the other that. one. Mm. Either way, I think it was an inter- it's an interesting discussion. It is. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely.
0: The yeah, we, we should definitely give, like, Pamela the Claire Caldwell yeah. Creepy Award or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's our new uh, structure. Yeah, like we'll it. add that. And then at the end of the year, we'll see if anyone takes it off her or...
2: Yeah. That, nice. uh, to be To be honest as well, maybe another reason why I thought it was so toothless was because, as I said before there was no real denouement to the piece with it. You know, it was just basically, That's true. it was all, it was basically, whoa, 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 Elizabeth, you've been eavesdropping. Yes, I have. We shouldn't see each other anymore. Fair enough. You know, and it's like, no claws there.
0: Yeah, I wanted to, like, see the deranged breakup, like the, the whole, you'll leave over my dead body. Um, you're right. nothing without me. We can't function. You know, sitting in, Elizabeth's hedge and following her to school and leaving notes in a locker and basically turn it into a point horror so are you sure you don't want to write this fic because i feel like just <laughs> oh, now, just
2: you just outrighted it oh there you go be clear elizabeth's hedge isn't a euphemism is it
1: <laughs> uh, well it
2: could be it is now <laughs>
1: Uh, I I do think the way it's written and it is basically only a sentence or two that this happens in that she's so aghast that Elizabeth isn't actually perfect. And if you've been reading it the way Dub and I were reading it in that she's already trying to change Elizabeth, the fact that Elizabeth shows herself as not perfect should really just be more proof that Hmm. Elizabeth needs me. I have to fix her. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely see your point that any threat that builds, whether you see it in there or not, if there was any threat building in the story, it's ruined
0: because of that, oh, we're done. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you're not as good as I thought. Okay, we're we're breaking up. And it's like, no, I want you to, like, stalk her and just prove that she needs your help and just...
2: The story is not going to be complete until somebody yeah. dies.
0: Well, like, yes. Not by Jessica's <laughs> hand. That's what makes it shiny and- <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: what, Marvelous. fair. Uh, on that note, should we uh, move on to Bleak Valley? Wait, we haven't been in Bleak Valley. Whoops. Well, <laughs> not implicitly. <laughs>
0: not starting this because I literally brought the abusive uh, relationship aspect into the actual recap so can well, can we actually
2: bleak this is it not just very bleak
1: I mean I, I think I think Dove has taken it to that point that that would be the bleak version is that shh, Elizabeth ends up dead I mean if there or whoever is being this whoever is the focus of this Pamela character in the real Bleak Valley it's up, dead. That would be the way to bleak it up. I'm not really sure what would trigger Elizabeth doing something like this, unless it's just that constant pressure to you're worthless. You're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't really seem the same sort of, of abuse and manipulation. No. So I don't know what
2: would have triggered the story. Yeah, I-, I can't see where Elizabeth is getting the positive reinforcement in order to get into this abusive relationship.
0: Yeah. Unless the step sibling has, but it doesn't seem very step siblingy. I mean, mostly I see the step-sibling as being rather indifferent, except for when it serves their purpose. And right. it's not like they can actually be bothered to invest the time that Pamela did to get the results she did. We'd have to have a very different step sibling dynamic than we've kind of established before. And I know we've
1: talked before about how this doesn't have to have absolute continuity, because God knows Sweet Valley doesn't. But still, it just feels like a much different setup than she would have if she is this person who cooks and cleans, or at least cleans and takes care of the house and lives in the basement.
0: I mean, this is a fucking reach Um, But The Unicorns Go Hawaiian is coming up in like six six or seven books or something like that. And that is set at Christmas. So is it possible that it's been Thanksgiving and Mm. a family member has stayed for a week? And that person could be bothered to invest the time because, Mm. I mean, like I said, it's a reach because I can't see Alice, Ned or step-sibling
2: no, I can't see them hosting Thanksgiving, to be honest.
1: Well, also, I have a—I feel like even with the step sibling for me, it's a little bit of a reach that they let this keep happening. But especially if you start going outside, outside of that immediate family members, I have a really hard time that there's tons and tons of people who know that this is happening and don't do something or say something or burn the house down. I don't know.
0: Well, what if it's like their meth dealer or someone who's (laughs) buying meth from them?
2: (laughs) Nice. A meth dealer with a conscience.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, how about this is a little twist on it. Um, What if Elizabeth, not bleak Elizabeth, but the the Elizabeth in in the story, is actually the step-sibling this time? And Ooh. what Bleak Elizabeth has seen is the step-sibling, who she thinks has got quite a charmed existence because of the way that she, the step-sibling is is is, is uh, fawned upon a little by the parents in comparison. But maybe Bleak Elizabeth has noticed that this fawning is quite insidious and quite... Yeah, you, you, you know, we love you. You should stay in and don't go out with those friends. They're really nasty. And has actually using a different way to keep the step-sibling in basically the same sort of prison conditions that Bleak Elizabeth's in, but this is more of a mental thing rather than a physically locked under the stairs. Oh, I fucking so love that. She even sees the step-sibling crying because they're being a so manipulated, screwed up, manipulated by Alice and Ned, or maybe just Alice, or maybe just Ned. And in a way, bleak Elizabeth, and this is the Jessica saying, "Well, although my life is a bit shit, <laughs> or a lot shit, at least I'm not in that position. I can mm-hmm. still, I still enjoy being me. Right? And I, I enjoy the fact that I get let out every." two days to go and sweep the stairs or whatever, you know, but at least I have these things and I haven't got that.
0: And she had TV time recently as well.
2: She gets the odd, the, the way we presented it, she gets the odd book and magazine pushed under the door.
1: And she has a really vibrant fantasy life, obviously with these stories that she's telling in Sweet Valley. I really like that. It's And it's even more heartbreaking than, Oh, people die. Somehow, it's more heartbreaking than the idea that people just end up dead. Uh, so, as usual, A-plus job on Bleak Valley, Raven.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Indeed.
2: Marvellous. Well, if that's all we have to say on Bleak Valley, shall we? I have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've really got not much, nothing at all, really.
2: And I say, the, the bleakness was very front and centre in this one. Right. I think. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. sometimes really hard to do. Although, the last one we did was difficult as well, like took us ages to work out that she'd just been watching telly. (laughs) Very true. Well, I think that one
1: was hard too. This was the Jessica the Secret Star, right? Like, it's hard both because we really liked it, uh, but also the easy bleak version of that is that it's all about race, which is not really what I think any of us wanted to go to with that because Mm -hmm. it was so refreshing to have a book not be about her race. Like, that's not her problem. Her problem is blah 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 which go listen to that episode it's all about secrets but yeah so i think that would made it extra hard to not be like oh well here's all the way to bleak that up because it's stuff we didn't want to see anyway not that we want to see bleak valley but
0: somehow easier that's the thing we cases. do right <laughs> i blame
2: raven i do yes too. of course blame me that's fine
0: okay so We are done, so I guess it's time to rate it. And I'm sorry, guys, but this will be without the hand movements because the cat's asleep on my hand.
1: I'll do them, I'll do them.
0: Okay. (laughs) We have five ratings for the books. which starts at stupendous, good, meh, bad, and kill it with fire. I'm actually really, really torn on this one. Um, I almost want to give it a stupendous, but I don't feel it's quite there. Oh, wow. So I'm probably going to give it a high good. I, like, I, I know that it is lacking that elusive something that Carnival Ghost had by the bucket load, but it was so good. I kind of, it nearly notches in, but instead I'm going to give it a good. Um, a high good because I really liked seeing Elizabeth being a dick. I mean, I know we focus mostly on uh, the abusive connotations of her relationship with Pamela, but um, I actually liked her being a dick to people. It's like, this is how I see Elizabeth. This is like what I see in every other book. Isn't it sickening? Don't you just want to twatter one? So, yeah, I thought it was nice to see Elizabeth being regarded as a dick. Um, The fat shaming being seen as bad was yay. And again, just the abusive relationship just actually gave it a lot more layers than it should have had. So, yeah, okay. High, high good for me. Impressive. Who wants to go next? Oh, go on then, Raven.
2: Okay, Uh, I'm going to be a little bit contrary on this one. Um, I'm very nearly going to give it a high meh, but I think I'm going to give it a low good. I think before this discussion, I'd have probably given it a mid good, but there were a few things in it that did wind me up a little. Um, One of the things I didn't, we haven't mentioned, is I thought a lot of the book was a little repetitive, There was quite a lot of Jessica going to speak to a teacher and saying, oh, I think that Elizabeth is a model student. Yeah, Yeah. There was quite a lot of that. And, you know, cut a little bit of that and put some more thought into the end and you'd have had a very high good from me. But the fact that, yeah, I don't think the structure was as good as it could have been. So that does knock it down. So as I say, when I first read it and when I commented on the recap, I I was going to be mid-good. And then I changed it to high meh. However, I think that does a disservice to the bits I did enjoy because there were some really nice bits in there as well. Uh, Particularly enjoyed Elizabeth's bossiness and and Jessica's reaction to that. Um, And I did enjoy, uh, I enjoyed hating Pamela. Um, So so that did rescue it a bit. So overall, low good from me.
1: I'm going to just round it out and give it a mid good. Because I did love a lot of it a ton. And I thought the story handled. And I thought the authors handled a story that could have been kind of complicated and. Obnoxious in a way of disregarding some of the problems that were happening. They handled it really well. But that ending, I I cannot get past the fact that there is no fucking ending. It just drops off the cliff. And I didn't really notice the repetition until Raven said something just now. But you're right. They could have cut a page out of each of that part and given it a real fucking ending. And now I'm annoyed. But I am going <laughs> to stick with mid good.
0: Especially when they did the second surge, when she went and did yeah. the exact same thing for Todd. It's right. like, I really don't need to see this. That could have been off screen. Right. And as Raven says, an extra page on the ending might have helped. Yeah. So I, I do see that.
1: One less teacher for Elizabeth and one less teacher for Todd would have given about a page or two pages to do that. So, yeah, like, I did not think about that before, but Raven makes a good point. However, I am going to let it sit at mid-good because what I liked, I loved. Yes, that's
2: fair.
0: Ah, so, generally, we quite liked that one. Yeah,
2: around the gamut of the goods.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed with this run lately. Yeah? Yeah, I think we're on a good one.
2: We are thinking that um Grapple Gates are coming to an end soon, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I think the slime that ate Sweet Valley is the last one we're for certain on. I think. It's been a while since I, I looked at the um list, but yeah, <laughs> that's pretty sad. But I know that at some point we get another good writer, because poor Lila is ridiculously sassy, so let's hope well, that's that awesome. that author did more than one. Because yeah.
2: Yeah. I hope so. Well, as I said, there were good writers before Grapplegate as well. So yeah, that's true. yeah, I'm absolutely sure there'll be good writers afterwards. But we, if you are listening, Grapplegate, and why why are you not if you're not, then we have enjoyed your run so far. So.
1: Yes, it's been amazing. Yes. yes. Next time one of us talk to them, because that's yes. what we do, name drop, uh, we should mention how much we enjoyed it because – Uh, Applegate definitely said she likes talking about the old stuff, which kind of surprised me. A lot of authors don't like Mm. that. Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: And, you know, if the the rest of Twins Run sucks, we'll just go, well, do gone instead, because that is old enough to come under our nostalgic banner.
1: Well, I mean, we'll probably do gone, but I really don't see you letting us stop a year and a half into this. (laughs) Jesus, no. No.
0: Absolutely not. I... Yeah, Yeah, if you two left, I would just, like, hire people to act like you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute. If you're going to pay someone to be me, you need to pay me to be me. Yeah, but I can't (laughs) afford you. Is
2: that a job? Being a dick to people is a job. Fantastic. Oh, my
1: God. Yes, I need that to happen. (laughs) Well. Oh, wait. That
0: is what happens. That's what lawyers do. I was just going to say, you know, Vince McMahon's a millionaire for being a dick to people.
2: Oh, that's true. Very true.
0: Obviously, I've done something wrong with my life. I yeah, not but he's that BFFs right. with Donald Trump, so you know.
1: And I just yeah, blew up in he's my mouth.
0: definitely had but, people being dicks to him.
1: It's so hard. It is so hard to love the WWE and hate the McMahons, or at least uh, Vince and his wife, mm. because of their connection to current U.S. politics. It is such a hard place to be and i know that that's total first world stuff it's just not important even in the long run of what's going on in the u.s but oh my god it's so frustrating
0: okay well i think we would we are done it's been lovely discussing this very disturbing relationship with you both uh so i think we're done all right see you next week bye 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 You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online podcast about book number 51, Elizabeth the Impossible. You can access all of our past recaps and podcasts at sweetvalley.online, a member of the nostalgicbookshelf.com network. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash Online or Tumblr at sweetvalleyonline.tumblr.com. Our music is supplied by Stuart Taylor. He can be contacted at taylorstewart six zero two at gmail.com for all your musical needs we can be found on twitter under sweet valley underscore which is me devil's elbow pod which is wing and bookshelf underscore raven which is raven surprisingly enough next week we'll be talking about sweet valley twins number 52 booster boycott until then be the best elizabeth you can be